I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep. So I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This is the Hollywood Raw Podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast. Welcome back. Uh, we were gone last week, but we are back this week. It, it, we are the number one entertainment news podcast in the age group from 7 to 64. Thank you guys for that. Uh, if you had your Spotify <laughs> playlist review, year in review, you guys put us in the number one. We were the number one entertainment news podcast. So we thank you for that. Um, Dax is here. I'm here. Adam Glenn, Dax Holt, two entertainment news journalists with a long, long well, we've been in the business for a long time. It's been um, – we saw the evolution. We saw the growth. We saw the rise. Mm-hmm. We saw the fall. And right now, I don't know where we're at. I think everyone's trying to figure out where we're at in the entertainment news world. Yeah, 100% true. Yeah, it's so funny how weird it was to not have an episode last week. You realize that we have been doing this podcast, what, four, five years? I literally don't even know how long we've been doing like five years. We have never missed an episode that was the first time that like all the stars aligned for us to not be able to release an episode. It felt very strange, but I appreciate all the uh, everyone being so cool with it and being like, hey, Adam, feel better. Dax, go enjoy your vacation. I know there's no reception up there because I was in Yosemite. Adam was on his deathbed and um, we missed it. But we're back. We're back to uh, our normal daily uh, our weekly schedule and uh, excited to go through the rundown because... Last week was a busy week, and it was actually kind of sad that we missed the rundown because there was so much going on. Yeah, there was. You know what happened in the beginning of the week? We we're like, Sh- "You're going to be away. I was going to do it by myself." And then I got sick. I think it was just from stress and just the weather change. I got I got a fever, and then it was a slow news week until the last few hours, of from like four to seven p.m. of last Wednesday night, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Tons of stories dropped because the courts were closing and everyone wanted to – all the lawyers wanted to get their stories, their, you know, their legal cases before the courses clo- uh, courses clo- courts closed. So Diddy settled with Cassie. Uh, other kind of accusations came out about other people were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. A lot of Thanksgivings are being ruined with a few hours before thanks before the holiday. <laughs> so – And be- and being someone who has literally worked at a 24-hour news – company before it messes your whole weekend up because the news cycle doesn't care if you're sitting down to eat turkey they want the news out and so it'll mess up the whole thing but enough about us uh let's let's get into this this raw rundown this week i know we get we want to read a quick review um and thank you guys all for in our private Facebook group, you guys have been posting your Spotify stuff where it's telling you that we are your number one podcast for the the year and all the hours and minutes that you guys have listened to us is just mind-blowing. Did you see... I oh, forget. I got to look up her name because I need to give her credit right now. But did you see 4,000 minutes of listened to the podcast? Um, what is her name? Hold on. Give me a second. It is... Angelica. Yeah, Angelica. That was super sweet. Uh, we were, uh, you know. That's crazy. 4,400 4, and or 4,551 minutes. That's amazing. Pretty crazy. Thank you, Angelica. Yeah, thank you, Angelica. But thank you guys for listening. Um, we had a lot of new listeners this year. We found out through that Spotify thing. And uh, I don't know. It was very cool. It was reassuring in a way because we just do this podcast. We throw it up there and it's like a grenade. You throw it out there and then you like cover your ears and see people respond and you guys obviously responded well to that. We really appreciate it. Did you did you see though that our top listen to episode was a raw rundown? It was a raw rundown like, of a bigger than our like um, Edmonds interview, bigger yeah. than anything. It was a raw rundown. I think about Britney Spears' conservatorship or something. Yeah, I think people had a lot of questions. I so uh, listen, it was very cool. Very, it's some t- people tune in because they want to hear. They don't want to hear the Access Hollywood Entertainment Tonight bullshit. They want to hear the real deal. And like we always say, we humanize Hollywood. Um, and we try our best. We try to do our best. And uh, 
again, we, we have a different perspective. Again, Dax and I are two active working journalists, breaking stories, making stories. So sometimes we have a little bit more of intel of what's going on on the ground floor before kind of you hear it, you know, through the grapevine or through social media. And we can also tell you the truth of different perspectives that are going on, plus our own perspective. So um, again, this all goes back to you guys listening and uh, it's all good stuff. Before we get to the top 10 stories of the week, we read your reviews. Dax, do you have a review ready for us? Of course I've got a review for us. Um, but I may have read this one already because the name sounds familiar. Uh, five stars from Winnie Pooh 22 So much fun. Found you guys a few months back. Uh, I pick you guys up and listen all work at work all day long. I scroll up and down through the hundreds available and choose something that sounds fun and gossipy interesting. I giggle constantly. Great interviews. Always entertains. I cannot decide which one of you have the best belly laugh. Love them both. Love you both. From Winnie. Aww. Oh, very Okay, I haven't nice. read that one out loud. I may have just read that one uh, on iTunes or <laughs> Apple Podcasts. I love it, though. Thank you, Winnie Pooh 22 or a.k.a. Winnie. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we all know that my laugh is way better than Adam's anyway. It is. You do have a way better laugh. My laugh is, like, <laughs> weird. My laugh is, like, evil. You have, like, mine's nasal. Yours is, like, just, yours is contagious. Where you hear <sighs> yours, it puts you in a good mood. I've had people, though, be like, you have the most annoying laugh I've ever heard. I can't stand it. Dax, tell me who those people are, and I will end them. It's that easy. <laughs> it's that easy. I'll make one call. I'll make one call. Let's one get call. to the top 10 stories of the week, starting with number 10. Number 10. This one got a lot of traction this week, but Hall and Oates going after each other. Daryl Hall accusing John Oates of the ultimate partnership betrayal after... Uh, after Oates basically was a plan to selling his stake in the business. Um, so this is a big deal because obviously you know him as Hollow Notes. They've been famous. They've had a lot of success over the years. Um, and it sounds like John Hall is ready to move along with his life. He's ready to sell his, his stake in the company, but in the music rights, all of it, the royalties, the social media assets, and... Uh, Daryl is not not feeling that so much. He said that I should have been notified. I should have had the like, basically, I should have been able to sign off on this. And so he is taking him to court. He has pulled a lawsuit and saying that you need to stop your sale. I guess because there's already been talks with a record label about the the purchasing of uh, John's side of the business. And uh, he's really just trying to like say, no, 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 we need to figure this out together. Don't sell, don't sell your portion of our our lifetime's work. But you know what's kind of funny, Adam? I feel like this is what people are doing these days. They sell off their their music rights. We've seen what, Bieber, Bieber did Taylor it. Swift. We saw. I mean, the Beatles, right? You know, well, yeah, Taylor, Taylor Swift. Taylor's it's a big story. Taylor Swift, though, she wanted to buy her own rights, so that was kind of a. A different situation but I feel like there's been so many people recently who have sold off their rights because they're going I want that monetary instead of just like keeping them and over the years it makes me kind of mailbox money I'd rather have you know 500 million dollars in the bank right now and we've seen it over and over and over again so I'm not really surprised um, and I'm also not surprised to see this story because there's been a lot of talks of them not getting along over the years. And one of them's like, okay, I'm, I'm over it. I'm ready to move on with my life. I'm going to sell my shit. And now I don't have to deal with you anymore. Yeah, it's, but you know, I think we're all kind of interested. We don't, we haven't seen it in a long time or it's not really public with a lot of these bands, musicians, groups about the inner sort of relationship. I think in our heads, we envision as, hey, if they're in a band, if they're a group, they're the best of friends. They make music together. They hang out together all the time. It's the perfect relationship. But it's really not. It's a business to these people. And there's so many musicians where they perform. I know like a lot of bands, when they play in New York, the, each member of the band will stay at a different hotel. And they see each other when they work. And when they go home, they go home. There's no relationship at all. This is strictly business with these guys. And I think in our head... We all just envision that again. The, the, the fantasy is that there's this perfect partnership, and it's not. We this want is how these it, we want it to be more. Yeah, we fantasize about them getting along and singing "Kumbaya" together. But 
some of these people like they've they've been in tour buses nonstop with the other person for so long and you know these are people that you chose to be friends with and think how many people you can choose to be friends with and then years later you're like yeah kind of over this and you can't get away from that person anymore you're connected for life because of your working relationship i mean guns and roses we all know what happened between axel and the rest of the band it's it's there's so many other bands like that and for a long time oats would do his own solo stuff and it's weird when the partnership kind of separates and they kind of do their own solo stuff and then when it comes to the money i mean at the end of the day money is a big factor with all this and they both have two different decisions how they want to live the rest of our life and how much money they want to have in their bank account and how they envision the future of the group i mean it happened recently with um, what band was it? It was Journey. Journey, uh, Neil Sean, the, the the longest member of Journey and the keyboardist, uh, forget the guy's name, he joined the band in 1980, 1981. They got into it over like the royalty of the band and stuff. So it's, it's very dirty, it's very grimy and this just shows you, this is not something that just came out of nowhere. There was definitely some animosity going on for a long time between these two and then this was like the last straw where like, okay, we're going to make this public. But how would how would you feel if I just tomorrow sold off my portion of Hollywood Raw for ten dollars because that's what it's worth? I would say since you did it without my permission, give me six dollars because you did it without my behalf, <laughs> and, and, and then we could go our separate ways. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of money here at stake with the. It, it, it these are two guys who. They, they are fighting over financial independence because mm-hmm. they want to have enough money and how much money do you need to have. Yeah, right. Because I don't know if the money's slowing down, how much money's coming in, how, does it support their lifestyle, how many kids, grandkids, life. So it's very weird, but it's going to get dirtier. And I think this is the end. This is the most anyone's talked about hollow notes in the last like 30 years. I even debated putting them on the countdown because <laughs> I didn't know people even know who hollow notes are. However, it's a slow news week. I'm not going to lie. So, all right, let's go on to number nine. <laughs> number nine, Bradley Cooper sat down with Howard Stern, had a big old interview, talked all about his new movie, Mastro. Uh, is it Ma- Mastro or Maestro? Mastro. Maestro. Yeah. Maestro. Maestro. Yeah, Maestro. I think it's Maestro. Um, they, they talked all about it. It's this new film about Leonard Bernstein. Or, I'm sorry. He's, it's a Leonard Bernstein film, um, and he got into talking about uh, A Star is Born, Guardians of the Galaxy, how Sam Elliott ended up becoming um, a big role in A Star is Born, which apparently should have been Howard Stern. That role, Bradley wanted Howard Stern to play his brother in that movie before he wanted Sam Elliott, wanted him to shave his head, uh, I mean, which would have been huge. Can you imagine Howard Stern shaving his head for a role? Yeah, Howard was actually down to do it, and he was very – he entertained the idea because I listened to the interview, and he actually mm-hmm. entertained the idea. But then he, I think he decided, no, he just didn't feel right or didn't want to – I think he felt, from what I understand, it was like too much pressure to do something like that. Um, yeah. But I – Bradley, did what else did they? Was there any other kind of takeaways from this interview? So I, I guess the big thing. So you know when he's doing this movie about Leonard Bernstein's life, I, I guess he was like wrestling around with it for a long time. It was like a six-year-long process of bringing it to the big screen. But then there was a moment where he ran into Leonard's grand, uh, goddaughter on a plane, and she introduced herself, and he was like oh shit, like this is meant to be. This this movie needs to happen because of divine intervention with meeting his goddaughter on a plane. Um, and So I, I just thought that was kind of interesting how things kind of pan out. Carrie Mulligan, I guess he saw her on stage and was like, this is who I need to be in the movie. Like there is no other option. She looks just like his wife. And so I need to cast her. I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't realize that he trained for a year to sing in um in uh what the heck is it called a stars born yeah yeah he because all of the singing needed to be done live like that was a big part of it that lady gaga was like no i need this to be live and he was like i'm not a singer so he literally trained for a full year to play that part to be able to sing live for that moment and i mean that takes some dedication man 
Yeah, I mean, even with this movie, he he's playing a composer, and I think the story about this composer is that the guy lived a quietly, like he was a, he was a he was gay, but he lived it very quietly, and uh, he learned how to compose music. He was really like the method what you're doing your hands when you're composing a symphony. Um, so Bradley Cooper gets really involved in these projects. There was I listened to the interview, and I got to be honest with you, like I don't know, it wasn't wasn't what you wanted to hear. It was like a commercial for this master movie, which no one's really talking about that much. I don't think it's going to be a huge blockbuster. Oh my God, I need to go see this symphony movie. I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to be very artsy. I'm sure it's well done, but I, you know, Bradley Cooper, I want to hear more about you and about your life. And also here you are talking to Howard Stern. You're dating Gigi Hadid. What are your thoughts on Gigi Hadid's comments about Israel, you know, and about what's going on in Palestine and, and all that, you know, how do you how do you not talk about your relationship with Gigi Hadid? You're on Howard Stern. How do you not bring up the whole Gigi Hadid relationship? I know it's uncomfortable. I feel like because but that, it's not. It probably he's probably like, don't ask me about this. It's not going to benefit me in any way because it's such a polarizing topic right now, and people are so divided on it. It's that divided, he's like, but you gotta don't you, you, don't bring me into this because I I don't want to talk about it. Is Bradley Cooper? He's not he's not Jewish, is he? Cooper, I don't know if that's a Jewish last name. I th- and then no, a- I think he is. is I he? think he is. Hold on. He could be. Is that, you know, he could Bradley be. Bradley Cooper, Jewish? Question mark? Cooper, oh, it's not Jewish. Okay. okay. He just plays Bernstein, who is a Jewish composer, and there was that whole thing about the prosthetic nose. Okay, for a second there, I thought Bradley was Jewish, but never mind. Okay. But here's the thing. You're still, you're still dating her. You're on Howard Stern. This is, you know, you... I feel like you need to address the elephant in the room. And it's not him bringing... Bradley Cooper brought himself into it. You're in a relationship with a woman who's saying some controversial post right now. You need to address... Mm-hmm. You need to address it. I'm sorry. That's... You're you're a public figure. And again, you chose to go on Howard Stern. You were sitting there for an hour and 45 minutes. That's what we're curious on. And he doesn't need to pick a side. He could say either A, I support her, I don't, it's not my opinion. And he could also talk about the difficulty of facing that topic right now and also dating Gigi Hadid. I mean, mm-hmm. I know it's private, it's, it's private life, but when, I don't know, I'm not a public figure. I mean, he's somewhat a public figure. I don't know. And you're on Howard Stern. Like, it's like, to me, yeah. it's all, it's, I almost credit, like, yes, I'm sure there was a deal before the interview, but almost like Howard. Like, you got to go back to the old Howard a little bit to a certain extent. You know, like, talk about it. How do you not bring that up? It was no. it was just a disappointing interview. I was waiting there the entire time for something, and I felt like I was listening to a commercial for this movie and how he's trying to get the Oscar. And I'm like, I, 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 I'm sorry. This is making me less – I have less interest in the movie now because you're, like, trying to, like <laughs> – you're trying to, like, make me like it, and I haven't even yeah. seen much about it yet. Um, by the way – there's a story that just popped up that I feel like is pretty interesting, but you know Paige Van Sant, the UFC, UFC star, yeah. OnlyFans model, she is claiming that tra- Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's love story is a hundred percent fake. I think that's really interesting to actually go on the record and say that. To is she saying it's um. A huge publicity stunt. Anyway, listen. Totally I, 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 side I, topic. I don't know if like I would necessarily believe her because I'm watching these two and it feels pretty authentic to me. Um, but anyway, just yeah. But you know, like the I thing is, though, that that, that's, that she, it's coming from someone from who's an. I I don't. For me to hear it's fake, it's got to come from someone that's more invested into the Hollywood. Landscape so weird. Scott Swift just went on the record and said it's a hundred percent fake. No, just kidding. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Did I miss this? Uh, I'm just kidding. No, but I just need uh, to hear someone that's more invested in the house. It's it's easy for me to stay. Uh, you know, I, I actually, I'm, I'm in the game, but someone that's. Yeah. really involved in the Hollywood scene and say this is a fake relationship. And I actually did talk to a celebrity really recently, um, a, pre- a very big celebrity about fake relationships and they said you know mm-hmm. he wouldn't he didn't really say there's fake relationships but he's like there's a deal where one of the partners is allowed to sleep with other women maybe the guy's into mm-hmm. men maybe the woman's into women and it's just like sort of like hey here's the assignment here's the thing and that's that definitely still goes on i'm not going to name i'm not you know but 
I feel like I'm pretty good about spotting fake relationships, and I've done it with a lot of Taylor's relationships. I don't feel like it with this one. I, you know, I don't know. There's something different about it. Watching her, you know, run to him and jump on and give him a big kiss backstage or like off stage in um, Argentina. There's certain aspects where like that felt like legit to me. And I know that you're not a big Taylor Swift fan, but that moment felt authentic where like when her and Harry Styles were walking through Central Park, it didn't feel authentic. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Yeah. So here's the thing is the relationship might not be fake, but Taylor Swift is a fake person. And and listen, I think there's also aspects that they are enjoying the publicity. They're enjoying the hoopla around them. And, but that doesn't make it a fake relationship. That just no. means you're enjoying everything about what's coming with dating this person. Two people who mutually love attention. Yeah. Okay. That, Let's move on. All right. Number eight. Number eight. Taylor Armstrong is exiting the Real Housewives of Orange County. This is after one season. Um, you know, in Real Housewives of Orange County, this has like been probably one of their biggest seasons ever. It's been a huge hit for the franchise, which Orange County has never been that popular for Bravo. But having um, Taylor Armstrong on there and Tamara and all these people, like it really got a lot of attention this season. Um, she basically announced on social media, she's like, look... I love spending time with all the ladies of Real Housewives of Orange County and thankful I got to give viewers an update on my life. Um, I've made some real friendships that I cherish. Wishing the ladies all the best for season 18. P.S. I'm adding season 17 to my IMDb. Um, so I, I think a lot of people shocked to see her go. I mean, there were some big revelations this season. She she came out and said that she was bisexual during one of like the first episodes saying that, you know, they were all sitting down and Tamara was asking like, all right, so tell us something no one knows about. And she's like, uh, I'm bisexual. And everyone's like, wait, what? <laughs> because she, you know, she was famously married to Russell Armstrong for, for a five-year relationship. Um, or no, more than five years. They, they were together for a while yeah. before his death. Um, but yeah, I think people were just shocked. I guess she had had a, a long uh, relationship with a woman before meeting Russell Armstrong. Um, and so she would she just opened up about that part of her life. Um, anyway, I think she is a big cast member to be leaving that show. I, I'm assuming that they are not stoked about her leaving. I, I met her the other day. She was nice. Oh yeah, I question if she actually left the show on her own or they said, we're not going to bring you back. And they said, listen, can we work something out where I'm leaving the show? Just for my credibility and for my... But why? She She's a big name. Like, she was on Beverly Hills when it was kind of at its peak, I would say. So everyone knows her. So she's kind of like the first person to cross over to a different franchise. I don't see why they would want to get rid of her. Yeah. New. I mean, there's always new faces. I can't... It's The Housewives franchises, all of them, are becoming like The View, where... Do you know the host mm-hmm. of The View anymore? Um... Is Whoopi still on there? <laughs> yeah. It's like Whoopi Joy and then like three other – I don't even know. I don't know who the other girls are. It's been the last like eight years of The View. They bring in so many different yeah. faces where it just doesn't work out. Also, maybe – I mean, I don't – does she really need the money? Maybe it's not worth it. Like there's – she – you know, I don't know. Maybe she's got some other deals. But also it could be part of – I don't know. I have a feeling like Bravo – she has more to lose in Bravo and she just say, hey – um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I just kind of think that maybe she might have asked, told them, I'm leaving. You're not firing me or not bring me back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. 
Download the new Bumble now. You know what's kind of funny? I don't think I even told you. When I was in uh, Vegas, I ran into Teddy Mellencamp. Apparently, her husband was a huge TMZ fan back in the day. He came running over, like, all excited to to meet me and no everything. Way, really? <laughs> it was awesome. I loved it. Dude, I yeah, felt he was so like, embarrassed oh, was because when I saw Teddy... Huge TMZ fan. I saw Teddy in New York, and she's with Kyle Richards. And I don't... Like, I'm with these celebrities where I don't know if they know who I am. You know what I mean? Like, even... Mm-hmm. I went to the Knicks game the other day, dude. I'm sitting on the court of the Knicks game. I went with Jared Freed. Yeah, how the hell did you get courtside dude, tickets to the Knicks game? It was incredible. Game? I went with Ridiculous. The, I went with this comedian, Jared Freed, where some of our listeners know uh, Jared Freed. Um, popular, very funny comic. Netflix special, popular podcast. We went together and we, they gave us tickets on the court. But um, before you go to the game, you're sitting in this room with like the owner of the Knicks. It's like the, the mm-hmm. lounge and there's like free food, free booze. I mean, dude, I get so food drunk. I'm the only one eating the seafood at this thing. I, don't, I feel like everyone else is like, I'm not eating seafood from this place. I'm like, yo, give me more shrimp. I don't care. Like I'm just milking it. And, uh, I'm go- and then all of a sudden, like there's other celebrities there and I'm like, I don't know if they recognize me from being inside. They might recognize me on the street when I hold my camera, but I don't know if they recognize me inside. Where So I like feel like kind of weird. But it was actually kind of cool because Kelly Ben-Simone, Kelly Ben-Simone came up to me. She's like, hey, what's up? I was like, hey, Kelly. I introduced her to Jared. And then Victor Cruz, uh, wide receiver on the Giants, came up to me and a few other people came up to me. I was like, oh, these people actually know who I am when I don't have my camera on me. I'm not standing outside on the street. So sick. So that was kind of cool. Awesome. But I um, – when I was in New York recently, I was saying about Teddy Mellencamp, I was Kyle Richards was leaving Cipri, uh, Cipriani with Teddy Mellencamp, and she came out first, like, "Hey," and I was like, "Hey, I don't really want to talk to you. I'm here to talk to Kyle." And I, I had a big interview with her, and um, it was like weird. Like I don't know if she knew who I was, but it was very awkward. Yeah. Even though they come That's on, awesome. they, she's been a guest on this podcast. I'm like, like yeah, do you right. know who I am? Like, I don't know. <laughs> do you know who I am? Because you know what's so funny? I met that girl from Summerhouse, uh, not Lindsay, uh, Sam, Sam from Summerhouse, who's been on our podcast. And I ran into her at an event recently, and she didn't know who I was until I started, hey, you came on my podcast. She's like, oh, yeah, I remember. But she didn't remember, like, when I said <laughs> hi to her. I was, like, I was like, oh, okay. So I'm just weirded out by that stuff. All right. Number seven. Number seven, more drama between Prince William and Prince Harry, all coming out in a brand new book. Uh, It is called Endgame by author Omid Scobie, which is all about the royal family. And um, so this is not coming directly from Prince Harry like the last one did, but this is coming from someone who... I guess is an ABC News royal contributor. Uh, he knows all about the royal family, uh, uh, a professional when it comes to royals. And he is outing a lot of information. Um, number one, saying that Prince William would brief the press about Br- Prince Harry. So kind of like turning his back on his brother. So anything that happens, he would then turn around and tell the press, which I guess fractured the relationship a whole lot. I guess he claims that... Um, that when uh, Harry was on his way back, when uh, the Queen was potentially about to pass away, Harry was trying to like get a hold of his brother to be like, "Hey, what's going on? Can you fill me in? Like, let me know what's happening." And I guess William was not answering texts, and Harry never made it back in time to say goodbye to his grandma, and he was pretty hurt by the whole thing. Uh, but the new allegation, you know, do you remember when uh, Harry and Meghan did that Oprah interview? They had said that there was. There was basically someone in the royal family that um, they alluded to being racist, that they were asking about the skin color of their potential child, like how dark the baby would be when it was born. Um, and that was one of the big like contentious points was that they went on this Oprah interview, said this, and it obviously makes the royal family look bad. Well, now this book made it sound like there's no, it wasn't one person. It was actually two people that talked about the skin color of the baby. Um, the The author does not reveal the name of those two people, uh, I guess, because it would be, I, I guess, law in London or something does not allow for them to name the name. However, holy crap, TMZ just did a story that uh, Piers Morgan went on his television show and named the two people. Are you ready for this? Yes. So he went on Pierce Morgan Uncensored. He claims they were named in the book K- 
King Charles and Catherine. Like what? 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> um, and, and get and apparently Scobie says he never submitted a version of the book where it specifically names or mentions and their names. So I don't know where Pierce got the names. Um, but yeah, he is saying King Charles and Princess Catherine are the ones who are asking about the baby skin color. And like, I this does a lot more damage from Catherine for Catherine because I think most people assumed it was King Charles in like a lot of the conversation. Um, but no one, I think, no one would have expected it from Catherine. And again, Pierce goes on to say like, listen, he has his doubts. He doesn't believe any racist comments were ever made in the royal family, but. He sure was quick to out them as the people that uh, were allegedly named in this whole situation. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, that's, a... <sighs> do you think Piers Morgan has like scientific, like investigators after him, like, pri- like private investigators after him? Because these are, these are tough things to kind of put out there. Dude, I don't know. I I don't know how Piers gets away with half how? the crap that he gets away with. Like, I don't understand he says some wild crap, um, but he's been doing it for a long time. And uh, this is, the, and the thing is, I don't think the palace is going to be happy with this. I would not be surprised if they're, if someone sues because this makes them look really, it looks really, bad. really bad. You can't like, I, I don't know how do you defend this because you can't put this out there unless you have very, very, very good sources. And then does it become a public thing where, hey, if I'm going to sue, that the person who broke the story, the story has to reveal their sources. Well, so there's that. And then also, if Scobie gets involved with it and, you know, the, the royal family comes and they try to deny it, at a certain point, if everyone gets wrapped up into it, the names are going to have to come out. And here's how. So it's like it's almost like if you're the royal family, do you not say something? Because... If you make it a bigger thing, the actual evidence will come forward, which could be worse because, I mean, actually, I don't know if it could be worse. Like for Catherine, she's like the beloved child of, of the UK. Yeah. This would this would be really bad for her. Yeah. I. But would, but would explain the rift between um, Megan and Catherine. It w- that's, I think that's where it comes to. With Megan, it comes to where all the drama stirred from. And I think now we have, like, okay, maybe it wasn't Megan. Maybe, like, we know the root of all the issues. Mm-hmm. Just a tough pill to swallow. Yep. If, I, and I'm curious how much this is really going to stir the pot in the next two weeks. How much more, you know, obviously the book, a lot of this could be with the promotion of the book. You know, you know when these books come out, how they mm-hmm. become the hot thing right now. But after the book promotion settles two weeks later, where do we stand there? What, yeah. what, what's like, going to be the next story? Because now it's like one of those things where we the, already know. The, all right, we know the book. The book's out. Good. Everyone read it. Three weeks later, do people still care? Which I think they will. But what other more stuff are we going to be able to find out? Here's a question for you, Adam. Everyone fantasizes about being a royal, right? Like how cool it would be to be in the royal family. After the last two years, I don't think I would ever want to be in the royal family. The amount of scrutiny, the amount, it just, it seems miserable. Would you want to be in the royal family? Oh, would I want to go into it now? I feel like in a way you feel like you're, it's, it's like a glamorous jail, yeah. You know, where you, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to get good food and stuff like that, but you can't really go out. Um, and everything is sort of like pre-planned for you. You don't really become a real person. And and on that note, I don't feel like it's a family. Like it feel like they always say the institution. And I got to think like, those are supposed to be the people that are closest to you that you can trust more than anyone else. Like at the end of the day, like blood is thicker than water. I don't feel like that in the royal family. Like, especially if like the the allegations are true that uh, Prince William was like basically riding out his brother to the media. Like, no, where do you feel safe? Like if you can't feel safe within your own family, who's going through the same crap as you, then like, 
Where do you feel safe? So I guess that's the question right now. If you had a chance to be in the royal family after everything you've heard now, would you join? I think this is the question for the Facebook group off the record, our private Facebook group. If you had the chance yeah. to be in the, in, the, in the royal family, would you actually join? I don't know. It's God, a very tough a lot thing. Of pressure. That is a lot of pressure. Yeah. I mean, how many years left do I have in my life? <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> listen, if I had like ten years left, I'm like, all right, let's let's make it an interesting the last ten years. But I don't, I don't know. But this seems. I, I feel like I'm. I don't have that much of an interesting life, but I feel like the public will pick you apart and judge everything that you do. And oh, that just seems like a lot of pressure. Like, think about the random dumb shit that we say on this podcast that we get like 40 comments of like you idiots like why would you say that and imagine that times a billion unless you're going to go in with the mentality like hey i'm going to go into the royal family and just do whatever i want and just kind of live my life and then they're like no you can't you can't though you can't do that but what if i how are you going to stop me how are you going to stop me doing are you physically going to stop me where they just kick me out kick me out kick me out yeah You'll because you would take over the headlines. They don't want someone like you. They want someone who stays in their lane. Yeah. Because remember, Megan went in and did whatever she wanted, and and that didn't go over very well. Yeah, but did she really do whatever she wanted? Like, what for her? What is considered doing whatever because she, she wanted? Because she wanted press. She wanted fame. She, you know, there was a different level. Like she had been a celebrity, so she goes over and. She wanted to be able to have her her Twitter account still active, have her Instagram account still active, and they were like, "Nope, everything has to go through our people, our stuff." And so, you know, you can't just be whoever you want when you're in the royal family. Yeah, but the thing is true. I guess what did you want? You wanted fame, and mm -hmm. uh, that's the part that kind of leaves a little bit of yeah, a. Yeah, but bad... that's like different. This is a different level of fame when you're in the royal family. What's different? Is it They're... fame politics, or is it different fame in politics? And royalty and celebrity and acting in Hollywood. Yeah, it's it's like a. I would say royalty is like a list, a list, because right. Like I feel so like the royal family is you. the. A, I don't know. There's something. I don't think um, I, I don't think I could do it. I think that pressure would destroy me. Dax number six. Number six, Shannon Doherty, who is 52, is saying that she is open to finding love again after revealing that she is now stage four breast cancer and that that breast cancer has spread to her bones. She says, quote, I'm pretty sure I'll meet someone hopefully soon. So, you know, she has uh, she has been documenting her breast cancer, um, everything that she's been going through, the treatments, everything she's been very open about over the last, I think it's like four years she's been dealing with this. Um, but she's like, look, I'm not going to let that stop me from finding love. She's like, you know, I wasn't really ready before, like three weeks ago. And then she admitted something just happened where she's like, you know what, I, I, I don't want to leave this world and deny myself love once again. She has been married a couple times before. You know, I didn't, when I was reading this, I didn't realize that she was married um, to Rick Solomon. Man, I forgot you know about that. We got to do an episode about weird relationships, like couples that no, we kind of forgot dude, about and didn't know. We could do an entire episode just on Rick Solomon. Rick Solomon, like, I would love to have on the podcast. Would he actually talk about, you know, it's so funny. So I had a meeting with Atlantic City, a, a, a casino in Atlantic City years ago, not two years ago, mm -hmm. like two years ago, three years ago. Met with them through a friend, and they were going to hire me to kind of bring in um, celebrities and influencers and just to, like, see this brand-new hotel to make this hotel cool. And they're like, well, we, we're speaking to another person. I said, who, well, if you don't mind, who are you speaking with? And they said, Rick Solomon. Apparently, he's a big poker player and knows, like, these high-end poker guys who would come down to Atlantic City mm -hmm. and take a helicopter in. And, I mean, he's an interesting guy that I don't think we know a lot about. I wonder if this guy... People know who he is, but they don't know who he is. But, like, you got to remember he was married to E.G. Daly back in the day. And then a couple years later got married to Shannon Doherty. Then got married to Pam Anderson. Made a video then with Paris Hilton. Then divorced Pam Anderson. Made, a, made the infamous sex video with Paris Hilton. And then remarried Pamela Anderson a couple years later. Like... The I, I just don't understand how this guy has landed so many like famous women in his life. Like it's so crazy. 
we, we need to get him on the podcast. I don't know. I, don't know I wish, I wish he would do it. Would he do it? I have no idea, but I wish he would do it. It would be, I would be, I'd have so many questions for Rick Solomon because so he's just, so many questions. I think he's, he's like an untapped guy in Hollywood. Like how is people not talking to this guy? This guy lived a life and I, and no one even knows what he did exactly. Yeah, and if if people didn't recognize the name E.G. Daly, like who the hell was that? She was the one that played Tommy Pickles. Her voice was Tommy Pickles on Rugrats. Like she's so crazy famous for her voice. She is one of the biggest voice actresses in Hollywood. Powderpuff Girls, like so many big things. Babe, pig, like you know, like the the pig movies. She was in the Flintstones. Like she's done all of the big movies when it comes to her voice. Yeah, but Shannon's been going through it for a long time. Back to the story. Uh, Shannon Doherty. She's oh, yeah. been uh, she's <laughs> been sidetracked there. Yeah, Shannon Doherty's been going through hell and back with cancer. It's been a long time mm-hmm. and man, it's been years and it's been very It's been years. Yeah, you know, crazy. And she just started up a podcast. Um I just I saw that the other day. She did like a whole photo shoot. It looked beautiful um during this photo shoot or like caught my attention. I love Shannon. Um uh, I've, how many times have you met Shannon? I I've, I think I we used to chat quite a bit, and then um, and then I got to meet her once. Her and Holly Marie Combs uh, stopped by uh, TMZ because they were promoting one of their projects. Um, just wonderful, though. I love Shannon. I seen her. I didn't really meet her. I could have met her, and I gave it to uh, another guy I was working with. I let him go, like talk to her and hang out with her, and I just mm-hmm. yeah. I heard she's very nice though. So, but yeah, I think she, she's also got a pretty bad rap for the acting back in the day. Remember, I think she was difficult to work with when she was younger and, uh, but everything that I've dealt with her with, she was wonderful. Yeah. That's all that I can talk about. Yeah. Uh, all right. right. Number five. Number five, SZA opening up saying she recalls like intense frustration over one of her late her record label giving her song to rihanna and so do you remember the song consideration uh yes i do okay so that was apparently like her favorite song she was so jazzed about it she had already like created a music video and then her record label basically said sorry rihanna's the big one right now she's got the big hits she's the the golden goose of of the record label we're gonna give it to her and sizzler just was like i guess just so beat down at the time and this is now her opening up about it and saying like i didn't know where my life was gonna go she was basically working at a strip club back then trying to make ends meet thinking that she you know she was gonna break out as this big singer and then they go and hand off her the one song that she really felt like could take her to the next level to a bigger star. And she was like, how am I ever going to make it at this point? Well, all these years later, she's doing just fine. She is nominated for numerous Grammys coming up. I think she is one of the most uh, nominated artists of the Grammys this year. Um, And she is one of the top downloaded people on Spotify. She gets like 62 million monthly listeners on Spotify. So I think the story that basically she wants out there is like, even though if it, in the moment you feel like your world is collapsing on you or you're not getting the shot, keep working because who knows, this might also be a moment for her where even though she feels like she's on top of the world, this could still be just one more stepping stone to an even bigger moment in her life. This happens a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. This uh, this happens a lot with things like this music, songs being taken, given to someone else. I mean, uh, you know, SZA did a lot with that. So she made huge songs and gave it to huge stars, and eventually she was like, "Hey, I'm, I want to be the one kind of doing the music." This is this isn't uncommon. I think it just sort of sucks that within when you work in a label, there if there's a hit song, they're going to give it to their star because they're able to make the best of it and monetize it. So the only thing you could take away with this is make the music yourself, write the songs yourself, and then you don't have to give it to another artist. I think what it is is that for a record label, they're looking at money and which Rihanna I get, which I get. can just put her can put her name on it and it becomes a huge success. But what could that song have done if SZA was the one singing it back then? And I remember Rihanna at that time, like, did give her credit and brought her up on stage at the Brit Awards. I mean, she was kind of, like, in the back or whatever. But 
there was some credit given to her, but like, would that song have been bigger if SZA had a, had done it back then? You just never know. You yeah. know what I'm saying? No, but listen, at the end of the day, I think I, I get it. I get that the, so- the, the record label is trying to make money here and they think it's, this, hey, this song is a huge song. This is a hit. We need to get our money back. We need to get our return back and they're going to give it to the person they think who could make that song. So I... Are you mad at the label for this? I mean, I know it might be a bummer, but you can't be mad at Rihanna. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's no, I, I don't think I don't think she was mad at Rihanna at all. I think she was frustrated with the situation because she felt like her hands were tied and that she had, like, she couldn't do anything. She didn't have the power uh, of success yet, and like at this point, she could have the power to be like, I want someone else's song. You know what I'm saying? Like she's big enough now that she could be in that Rihanna position where she is. I like that song. I'd like to sing it. And the record label would give her the song over maybe a smaller artist. The only way to fix this issue is make your own music. You do it. You do the work. You put, you need the producers think, put in the work. I think Rihanna and SZA should have a pillow fight. That's how I think they could solve mm, this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I'd pay money to watch that. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Oh, everyone just tuned out. No, it's so weird. I actually sometimes, sometimes I'm curious of like what kind of, this is so weird because I'm doing this podcast. I'm in LA right now. I'm in a hotel Mm -hmm. and I'm in a little shitty hotel and the pillows are terrible. And I was very curious as I I swear this happened last night. I was curious what kind of pillows celebrities use. Like, and I I don't know. They bring their own. I don't know if they bring their own. I think some might bring their own. Some. Not even at hotels, at home. What kind of pillows do they have? Oh. You ever think okay. about what kind of pillows celebrities use? Never once have I thought about that. They know that. what you should do is stay at a really crappy hotel right next to the airport in L.A. in, a, in the hood <laughs> and see if you get those thoughts in your head because that's what <laughs> I, I did last night. This is called Poor People Thoughts. Yes. All right. Number <laughs> Adam Glenn. Number four. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. The number four, the Golden Bachelor, Jerry Turner, allegedly dumped a secret girlfriend for gaining weight. So there was a whole story that went up. I read about it in the New York Post. Um, But basically accusing him of dumping her because she gained 10 pounds. So I guess uh, the woman actually initially spoke to Hollywood Reporter, wanted to be identified only as Carolyn, claimed that she dated Turner for about 10 months before moving into his home on Big Long uh, Lake in Houston, Indiana. And uh, I guess there's a text message that allegedly is from Turner that he sent to Carolyn back on September 2nd of 2017. And the Hollywood Reporter read it and it says, damn, I go to bed at night thinking about you and wake up in the morning thinking about you. Which the only reason they're bringing that up because that was less than three months after his wife of 43 years tragically died of uh, an infection. And and so, you know, he said he was heartbroken. So they kind of seems shitty to bring that text message up. And the only reason I say is because Maybe maybe the guy needed some love in his life. Maybe he was heartbroken and this was a rebound relationship. You, you don't fucking know. You can't say how you would feel after losing your spouse of 43 years. You know what I'm saying? So I just felt like that was kind of shitty. But anyway, then it says that uh, this woman moved into his lake house in July of 2018. And the relationship came close... Uh, uh, to a close ahead of his like high school reunion in October of 2019. And then he says, I'm not taking to the re- reunion looking like that. And uh, claims that uh, he was like pointing at her body because she had gained pa- 10 pounds due to some stress in her life. And so after that, they uh, split ways and, um, and that was out. And he said that she needed to leave the house by January of 2020. So, I don't know. Obviously, <laughs> allegations, but um, that's the big story yeah, pe- on The pe- Golden Bachelor. People loved Gary. Gary. Um, Gary. He just has, like, the good old guy name, Gary. Hey, Gary. Um, yeah, he had, <laughs> he had a great old guy name. But Gary, it was... 
People loved him. And I think this is definitely, hey, he's not the guy you thought he was. But the show's been going on for a couple weeks now. Why is the story mm-hmm. coming out right before the finale? And I'm not saying I don't think this is. And I, it was a Hollywood reporter who broke the story. I'm curious who broke yeah. the story where, again, here's me putting on my tinfoil hat. This is me putting on my tinfoil hat where ABC has a little mouse in their PR team and says, all right, mm-hmm. let's break a story just to get people talking about Gary and the Bachelor. But this is not a good story. You don't it's want, not, but you guess want a what? good story to come out about him. You do, but you also want people, you know, there, no pre- there, all press is good press. And this mm, is, there's a finale. Unless you're Prince Catherine, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but this is not. Princess the, Catherine. Gary doesn't know that this press is coming out from internally. And kind of this team throwing steam. I mean, the Hollywood Reporter would do a story like this is not really mm-hmm. up there. If, if, I don't know if they're the ones who broke the story. This is not really, I think it, might, it could have been page six. So um, I don't know. I didn't really, I don't know we're reading the story from Hollywood Reporter, but page six might have broke the story. I just questioned why the story was coming out so close to the finale and why it didn't come out weeks ago. Um, because now he's become super popular. Yeah, but he was super popular now four that weeks story ago. Is, yeah, but now that story is potentially worth more money um, now that people are talking about him yeah, even more. But people don't pay for stories. People pay for... They may pay for text messages, though. Mm, okay, now we're on to like something, Like an Dax. image of a text message. Now we're on to something. You don't pay for a story, but you pay for assets. Very interesting. Okay. All right, uh, moving on. Number three. Number three, Paris Hilton opening up about her newborn daughter, London. This was another shocking story that uh, Paris Hilton, you know, she surprised us with the uh, the birth announcement of her baby boy. Now she's got a baby girl named London, and she said that she is... Uh, in her mom era, her best era yet, um, which I would beg to differ because I really love 2007 uh, <laughs> Paris Hilton, but we'll go with it. Um, no, you know, she is doing, uh, she's got her second season of her reality series, Paris in Love, and she's talking all about that. But um, it's so interesting how she never even like told her mom that she's like having these kids, which is so wild to me. Uh, did you see that video of her like introducing the baby to her mom? Yeah, well, and her mom was like, "What the hell? Like, how did you not tell me that you were having another child?" Yeah, I mean, and the the backstory is she's had surrogates for for both children, and so that's how she could go that long without telling her mom there's a, a baby on the way. But I'm like, it's your own mom. How do you not tell your mom that, um, <laughs> that yeah. you've got a surrogate well, I, carrying I, your child? I, By the way, I met Kathy Hilton this week for the first time. and oh, uh, how was she? So, so sweet. So nice. So cool. Um, she, like, we talked actually off camera. Very nice. Very humble. Just, like, just very warm. She, just a very mm-hmm. nice person. Even like, and you could tell she's very nice because the people with her were very nice, like just very nice. I saw Paris this week and I talked to her husband, Carter. Um, so I knew mm-hmm. where they were staying and they were doing press this week. So I was like, I'm going to go get them from where they're staying because they're going to do press and she's done up. So I'll get her as she's about to leave and do it. As I'm waiting outside, Carter came out and was helping load the car. And he sees me waiting out there and he's like, oh, what's up, man? He came over and we just started talking for a couple minutes. Super nice guy, very like... He's like, hey, man, she'll be out in a few minutes. Like, Just like, let me know when she's coming out. And it's not like calling the paparazzi. He was more like trying to be helpful to me. Like, hey, she's on. Like, it's cool. Like, I get what you do. And it wasn't um, so nice. Like, Paris, she's a little bit of a tough interview because mm-hmm. when Paris is on, she's playing a role. But when Paris is yeah. not being Paris, she's normal. Like, she talks normal. Like, she, she, she can have a normal conversation. But Carter, you know, super cool guy. We spoke. I don't know. Very cool. Nice people. Nice people all around. I love I, Paris. Happy for her. I am such a I am such a fan of Paris. It's ridiculous. And I, I people have always called me crazy. She just is a lot smarter than anyone would think. She's very business savvy. People don't realize that about her. And she's genuinely very kind. Yeah. Um, very anyway. kind. Very nice. I told you Ex- I have a I have like two good stories with Paris, but I'll save it for another time. Um, but Paris, good person. We root for her. I'm happy that she's happy. 
it's interesting to see her as like a mom, but the mom, yeah, because it's it, it's a it, like she said, it's a new era in her life. But you I'm know excited what I'm to like, see what is, she does. Yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, uh, all right. Moving on, number two. Number two, Sean Diddy Combs temporarily steps aside as the chairman of Revolt TV Network. I mean, I probably could have seen this one coming. Temporarily. Uh, this is temporarily. I, yeah, yeah, temporarily. Uh, but obviously, this is this is following all the news of multiple lawsuits being filed against him alleging sexual abuse. Um, you know, and, and so Revolt put out a statement on Instagram Tuesday morning. The It said um, they will basically continue with the mission of creating meaningful content for the culture. It is not about one particular person. It is about numerous people. It said their focus has always been uh, one that reflects our commitment to the collective journey of Revolt, one that is not driven by any individual, but by the shared efforts and values of our entire team on behalf of advancing, elevating, and championing our culture, and that continues. So they were like, Diddy, you go figure out your crap, and then uh, let's talk about it once you are done. Keep in mind, this comes uh, after three women came forward to accuse him of sexual abuse. The lawsuits were filed um, basically right before the expiration of the Adult Survivors Act, which is basically a New York law permitting victims of sexual abuse a a year-long window to file civil action despite the statute of limitations. So we heard from Cassie, um, and that one settled basically the day after the news broke, um, after she came forward uh, with her allegations the next day, which we didn't get to talk about last week, suddenly it was done. So we don't know. I remember there was a story came out that said she wanted $30 million and he was not down for it. And that's why he wasn't playing ball. And then the news broke and it went away. So I'm assuming she got a fat, fat paycheck to close her mouth and go away. Yeah, we're uh, we're assuming. We don't know for sure, but we're assuming. Oh, I am I am assuming real hard that she got a fat <laughs> yeah. paycheck. I am assuming like I've never assumed before. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, no one wanted that smoke. I don't think Diddy. They, they tried to settle beforehand, and mm-hmm. they said, you know, go to the news. And the way it played out in the media, they're like, okay, yeah, we don't want that smoke, P. Diddy. And then, and we we said in the Facebook group, we said it. You know, that more people were going to come out with allegations against Diddy, which would happen. Multiple and women boom. came out because they're like, oh, I want to get paid. I want to get paid. Again, we yeah, support the women. Aubrey we support the people. Supported... We just support life. I don't know. I don't really yeah. – I don't have a – it's a weird situation, but people definitely are – I don't know if the other women have gotten paid. I don't know what the situation – if they got lawyers yet, but obviously Cassie was the most high-profile person she was and, the profile, being his girlfriend for so long. But yeah. then I know Aubrey O'Day was very vocal right after Cassie came out saying like, yeah, I've been saying this about Diddy for some time. So I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll hear more from Aubrey O'Day as the, the weeks go on. Yeah. It's, um, well, Diddy ever address the elf in the room, but he can't because they both signed NDAs. Yeah. We'll probably hear something at some point. I mean, those are wild accusations. Still, there's a there's a, a, a but re- really big red like X on his powerful resume. Men, powerful men in Hollywood, like that would be that surprising. Like, come on. Damn, man. Did you see those photos of Diddy at his, I guess, a, someone, a paparazzi went on a boat and took some photos of Diddy in his backyard, like sitting in his backyard on Thanksgiving with his hands in his head. Like he's going through yep. it. He's hiding out for a while right now. He needs this to really... Kind of, he, he, I think Diddy's going to well, have a long time. If you are allegedly a shitty person, you're allegedly going to have a rough time when when stuff breaks. You like how I used allegedly in there? That was great. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> man, I just want to know what the number was to get, I'm just curious, allegedly, what was the number that they settled on? If she really, if the stories were she won 30 million, what number mm-hmm. did you actually give her? Because then all of a sudden she was seen photographed in Connecticut, leaving I think like her family's home, like smiling. Of course she's going to smile now and that she got paid. But what was the number that it took her to kind of put this thing away? 
And also, hmm. I felt like in a and weird also, way. I, one photo of a smiling is hard to say that you're happy. I mean, I think there was a lot of trauma she went through, and talking about all that publicly has to be super difficult now that the world knows all your your stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, we just we got a lot of shit. We heard a lot of shit about him. We just didn't hear the exact like in detail, but definitely mm-hmm. a red. Uh, Big X right now in Diddy's life resume. All right, Dax, the number one story of the week. Actually, the number one story of the week, I'm going to get into it real quick. And we're saying this because, Dax, you have a relationship with this person. I texted you this story because I wanted to break the news to you. Sometimes I like to break the news to people. Tell us the story, then I have a question for you. All right. Mark Cuban, he is leaving ABC Shark Tank after season 16. He was on his podcast, uh, or on the podcast of All the Smoke, and basically said, look, season 16 is going to be my last season, um, and and then I'm going to be done. I'm going to move on with my life. And he is obviously, I would say, the big star of Shark Tank, so I got to imagine that they are freaking out right now losing him he is one of the biggest people on there and to lose him is huge but not only that he also within a day announced that he is selling off the majority stake of the Mavs um, which is crazy he'll still have like all the ownership decision making um, with the Mavs but selling the Mavs which is worth like three billion dollars um, just a lot of shocking news from Cuban this week. Did you know about any of this before it hit the news? No, nope. So they don't like. Be, uh, I mean, I know you are a shark. You Dax, if anybody is new listener, Dax was on Shark Tank and has a business called Trophy Smack, where they do e-commerce trophies. And he made a deal with Mark Cuban, and Cuban invested in the in the company. And I just didn't know if he would allow his partners in, in something like this know about something mm-hmm. this before happening. No, no, he didn't, no. So you learned about this from the news? I learned about it from, yeah, from Instagram. Someone sent me an Instagram post right when the news broke saying that uh, he had just announced he was leaving. So that's how I I found out about it. Um, No, uh, it's just crazy. I think back-to-back is more what I was like, wait, what's happening? Is he finally going to be running for president? Like, why is he clearing his plate of all this stuff? And uh, uh, apparently... It comes down to spending time with his family. Like, he is freeing up his time. Shark Tank takes up a ton of time um, filming it. And he has said, like, I want to spend time with my family. And when you have so many businesses, so much going on, I have one, well, I've got one business and a podcast, right? Like, I don't, I feel like I don't have time. I don't know how that guy has any time in his life. So I think if he's like... I need to focus on my family and do this, but I need to get some things out of the way. It, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I totally get it. He did Shark Tank. It was a great show. He did a long time on the show. He's already invested in so many businesses. And now, I mean, you know more than anyone, he has a business that sort of runs the Shark Tank businesses. Is that correct, Dax? Uh, like he, yeah, his team. He's really it's in, like a, he, but he's involved. He has, a, he has a team, but he's also very involved. Like I'm telling you, when, when I say like, we'll – if we have something we need and we email him at four in the morning, the dude responds back by like four ten. Like he is so accessible for being such a big person, famous and successful and a billionaire and all those things. The guy responds like that. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how he does it. So he's still going to be involved with your company. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's cool. Um, yeah, no, I, listen, I get it. The guy works hard. He's made a lot of money. He doesn't need the money. It's it, What he needs is time, and he doesn't have the time to do the thing, mm-hmm. the things he wants to do. And uh, I respect it. I admire it. And uh, like he said, I think with the Mavericks, him selling his major stake in the restaurant, in the restaurant, in the business, in the team. <laughs> the restaurant? It, it, it made, <laughs> he probably owns a restaurant too somewhere. But with his stake in the business, I think with the basketball team, he still wants to have some say in the team. Um, yeah, because I think he enjoys it. Like that's something he actually enjoys. He's a fan, which you see at the games, him it. going nuts. Yeah, so he wants to be involved of the the day to day of the team's operations. But wants his three billy. Yeah, he wants to get, but he also wants that money back. And I don't think he just wants to have that financial. There is a lot of um, financial responsibility 
with being a, an MBA owner, which he's like, I just, I don't have the time anymore to do it. I'd rather use the time for other things, mm-hmm. for things I, I really love, which is his family and yeah, the and actual he, Mavericks. He stuff. actually, so I found out that he was at TMZ um, like two two weeks ago or something filming like i guess they're doing like a year-end special celebrity guest rotating kind of thing for the end of the year and apparently he like started talking about trophy smack no. and how proud of it how proud of the business he is and i'm like oh my god he's like telling my like old boss how like successful and uh big the company is and how proud he is i'm like that's actually really cool. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Shout out yeah. to you and Trophy Smack. We're doing some good things. So. Very cool. Um, All right. Well, that's it. We're done. That's our top 10 stories of the week. Thank you guys for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. Follow us on all social media platforms. We have a private Facebook group called Off The Record, which you guys should really join. It's a really cool, fun community. Follow me at Adam Glenn. Follow Dax Holt at Dax Holt. And we'll see you guys next week. Later. A Huda Media Production.